welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Well, Happy New Year to those who are watching this online and uh, those who are watching this on the 1st of January. Uh, trust that this is a great year to you. And for those who are watching a little bit later, maybe throughout the year, God's blessing on you and your loved ones. My prayer for our church is that in 2023, it is a great year of knowing God and understanding more about his presence and how he works in your life, that you might grow closer to be like him and his son, Jesus. If you're watching this on January the 1st, at the end of this sermon, I'm going to lead us in communion. And so I encourage you to have the communion elements ready that you can celebrate this as we do so as a church. So today in 2023, as we begin 2023, I want to lead us deeper into the book of Luke. Luke is the third gospel, the third part of four in the narrative of Jesus' life, death and resurrection. Now, the purpose in what I'm doing today and the format of how we are doing it in uh, is not your average New Year's Day sermon. I'm deliberately recording this sermon so that it can be a reference point throughout the year. And we'll put this as a standalone sermon so that it's easy to come back to as we go on through the year discovering more about this superb book that we know as the book of Luke. Let me lead you in prayer. Lord, speak to us at this moment. Open our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear your voice. Lord, we know you're always talking. May we be always listening. And let us hear anew and afresh from this beautiful book of Luke. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke has 24 chapters. And so right off the bat, I wondered if we could get the whole church. And when I talk about the whole church, I talk about you and me. So church is the people, not the building. The whole church, that's you who's listening to actually read the book of Luke once every quarter. Okay, so at the change of seasons, I'll be spruiking about this. That means we all read the book four times in the year. So it's only 24 chapters, so you can read it quite quickly. And I'll be encouraging you to do that. And I encourage you to start today reading the book of Luke. A little hint that I just love to throw out there quite often is how to read your Bible in a regular manner. It's, it's as simple as this. Put your Bible in a place where you often frequent. Put it, some, put it where, somewhere where you go all the time so that you actually see it and then you read it. And I encourage you, for those who, who don't like a lot of reading, that there is the Version Bible app. Now, you can actually read it on your phone. Uh, I would show you, but I'm recording this on my phone, so... Um, it's a little bit hard to show you, but uh, there's the Version Bible app. You can read it on your phone. Like if you've got 10 minutes spare somewhere or a couple minutes, you're waiting for something, uh, pull out your Bible and it'll, it'll stay where you were reading. But you can always listen to it as well. So put your, your earpods in and listen away to what God is being saying. So you can listen to it on the train or in the car or when you go for a walk. Uh, there's lots of ways to engage it. Sometimes listening to it is very, very helpful. A couple of years ago, I spent four years reading the Gospels. And what I did was 
I took one gospel per year and I read it and just reread it and reread it and reread it for the whole year. I did that because if we are to be followers of Jesus, then we need to know Jesus, his ways, his words and his works. Okay, we need to know and need to understand him. If we're going to be a disciple, we need to hear and obey. It's very clear that the author of the book is actually Luke. Now, some of you will be laugh at this and say, well, it's titled Luke. Uh, but over the last couple of centuries, a lot of things in biblical scholarship have come under question. Now, you can Google this and find out more information if you want. But suffice to say that Luke was not an apostle, but rather a well-respected individual, well-known to the early Christian community. He's known as a doctor, and it seems as if he was single all the days of his life. If there was any doubt about the authorship, then I think the early church would have easily speculated on it. This lack of speculation uh, in the 200 years after it was written means that they are convinced that the author was indeed Luke. The book of Luke has a companion volume, that is Acts, and when you put these two together, we find that Luke, the author, has written much, the most of anyone in the New Testament. So he's a substantial contributor towards our faith, and he's worth listening to. Now, it's clear that Luke was not a full eyewitness to the events that he records. Let me look at chapter 1 and verse 1, and let me read it to you. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of these things that have been fulfilled amongst us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first, who were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. So we see this book is written for Theophilus. He's mentioned twice here in Luke and again in the beginning of Acts. We're not exactly sure who he was, but most common, the most common theory is that Theophilus was a believer of high social standing who was a friend of Luke's. His name actually means friend of God or lover of God. I could speculate all day, but let's remember that these verses are for all, for us, not just Theophilus. We can change out Theophilus for our names. These things are written for us to have certainty of our faith. Luke, the author, is saying to us, even here in 2023, that he has investigated and researched and spoken to the eyewitnesses around the church who saw and lived with Jesus. He has done this so that we might know with confidence that we can depend on Jesus. In some senses, it's a personal letter to all of us. And when I think about that, I think, how lovely is that? That Luke, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, took the time to research and write all about Jesus' life for us to know it with assurance. We can trust what he says. The main topics of the book of Luke are quite straightforward. In its pages, we find the themes that emerge over and over again. There are subtle themes. For instance, the place of children and women. In a time when society significantly minimized their value, we see the prominence of the poor and the disrespectable in its pages. Again, when they were largely marginalized. 
And while they are important in themselves, they can be captured in the broad theme of God's care for all. Excuse me. <clears throat> the big theme for us in the book of Luke and, and big theme that I want you to recognize and remember, and we'll come back to this over and over again, is that this, that salvation is open for all. So if you're taking notes, write that down. That salvation is open for all. This theme is particularly true for non-Israelites who are commonly called Gentiles. A Gentile is anyone outside outside of the people of Israel, not born as a Jew. For example, when the angel announces the Saviour being born, it's for all people. We see Gentiles included in the Song of Simeon in chapter 2. In chapter 3, when we see the genealogy of Jesus, it goes all the way back to Adam, not stopping at Abraham, as in Matthew's account. Luke tells us about the Samaritans when, they, when the disciples wanted to call fire down them on chapter 9, verse 51, and records the parable of the Good Samaritan in chapter 10. Luke records all the world's people coming from all the directions of the compass to sit in God's kingdom in chapter 13. In many ways, what we read in the pages of Luke uh, is the charter for a new community. And in the book of Acts, we see this new community fully develop. But even here in the book of Luke, we see the message of salvation go to the very fringes of society. Now, I could go on and on. But I want you to ponder the ramifications of this for us now. For Luke, the bottom line is salvation is for all. Australian and American. Russian and Ukrainian. I find this encouraging and warming and heartening. I find it threatening. All of us, everyone who wants to, gets to choose. God chooses us. So do we choose him? The offer of a relationship with our creator is so strong. Not only were we made in God's image, not only were we made um, uh, to be in relationship with God, but God wants that relationship with us. We're wanted. And so God sends his son to show us just how much we are valued and, and cared for and loved. Don't miss the point as we go through this book. You are included. You get to choose to be a friend of God's. You know, another big theme in the book of Luke, and if you're writing notes, here's another one to write down, is what theologians call salvation history. Write that word down, or those two words, salvation history. This is a special term for the activity of God in human events. It's not a passive activity. It's one where God is keenly seeking to bring redemption. This goes against the thought that God is sort of like some, some divine clockmaker who winds it up and, and lets it go. On the contrary, God is moving, operating, working, involving all for the sake of humanity. That everyone can come to know and understand his plan for their lives, a plan to prosper and not to harm, a plan for good, his his plans for salvation and relationship. Central to this plan, of course, is Jesus. 
What Luke is writing is the actions of God in Jesus as the great intervention in human affairs, resulting in the bringing of salvation. Listen to this quote that I found from an Australian scholar on the book of Luke. It's, it's an interesting, you just got to ponder this for a moment. Luke emphasizes that salvation has come present in Christ. And he does so with a frequent use of adverbs now and today. He uses the word now 14 times, as opposed to Matthew, who uses it four, and Mark, who uses it three. And today, he uses it 11 times, as opposed to Matthew, who uses it eight, and Mark, who uses it once. In Jesus, the time of salvation has come, end quote. Now, to be fair, we need to read Luke with Acts. And so the threads continue through both books. For this salvation history does not stop at the ascension in Luke 24, but but Luke sees it continuing in the preaching of the gospel and the ongoing life of the church that we see in the book of Acts. In other words, what we're to take away from this is that we too are to continue this work. It's salvation history, what God did before Jesus, what God did through Jesus, what God does after Jesus in his people. What we see here in the pages of Luke is the love of God. How God's love is shown to such a wide variety of people, first to the Jews and now including the Gentiles. That's all of us. And those who think that they are unloved and of no value. You see, God's work in human history His bringing salvation is not wishy-washy. It's founded in his great love that stems from his heart, his heart for the whole of humanity. It's for all of us. Even you who are watching this at this very moment. You know, the key verses in Luke are found in chapter 4. Now, beautiful. And here Jesus sums up all his ministry and what he's about. If you have your Bibles, can I encourage you to turn to Luke chapter 4 and verses 4, chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And I'm going to be encouraging you, as I have been, to bring your Bibles. Open them up as we study God's Word together. Let's be people of the Word where we know and we hear and we obey God's Word. So Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Verse 20. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And over the time in our study of the book of Luke, we'll see that Luke carefully develops the portrait of who Jesus is. And this statement that Jesus applies to himself is one large part of that. And we'll explore this in much more detail as we go along. But in Luke chapter 4, we see much of what will come in the later parts of Luke. We see Jesus the prophet, the Messiah, the leader, the Christ. We see the healer and the miracle worker. Jesus is saying that the past promise from the prophet Isaiah are coming true now, today. 
Notice even just then the themes that I've been talking about previously out talking about previously and now outworked in this passage the theme of salvation history what God is doing what God is doing and the and the theme of today God is doing it now in their hearing here <coughs> excuse me here Jesus is saying this scripture is now fulfilled and this is his banner statement as to what he has come to achieve again We'll see more of this develop throughout the year. And you will see it if you read Luke for yourself. God will reveal these things to you and open your mind so you know much more about him and his word. This passage, you know, um, and here's another important theme that, that I need to mention to you. This passage also points to the work of the Spirit in the book of Luke. Notice that Jesus reads the passage from Isaiah that starts with these words. Did you hear it? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And so the Spirit features prominently in the book of Luke. Even from the message to the uh, from the message of the angel to Mary, that the Spirit would come upon her and conceive a child. In short, what we understand is that all that Jesus does is through the power of the Spirit. The Spirit enables Jesus to do his work effectively and to do it powerfully. And those of you who've read the book of Acts would not be surprised to hear me mention the work of the Spirit in the book of Luke. Just like I was talking about salvation history continuing in and through the church, so the Spirit falls on the church in Acts 2 to enable it to fulfill its God-appointed task. This is the outworking of the direct promise of Jesus from Luke Chapter 24, let me read it to you. Verse 49, Luke 24, verse 49. I'm going to send to you what my father has promised. Wonder who that could be. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And we'll pick this up throughout the year as we open Luke up substantially. Again, there are many themes that I can uh, draw out of this amazing record of Jesus' life. Luke was writing history, but but history with a theological motive, understanding. That is to say, if we are reading that we are reading the actual events, but with like as we put our God glasses on. So things were happening, and Luke is saying this is how God was viewing it. Luke wants us to know more than just history. More like he, he wants us to know more things like sacred history and I hope you're ready to hear it and engage in it in some depth as we understand it and as we wrestle with it and then as we apply it to our lives you see the gospel of Luke will encourage us and strengthen us and feed us and and it brings many things to us that are helpful for our lives even at this particular moment if you engage with it let me, let me say this really clearly. If you engage with it, it will pay off. If you are ready to let the Spirit of the Lord speak, that same Spirit that worked through Luke to bring about this book, who empowered Jesus, who empowers the church, you will hear. If you, if you let that Spirit work in your life, you engage with it at depth, not, not passively, not, not just cursory, but if you engage with it at depth, you will hear the voice of God. I promise you that. God will speak to you. 
This gospel is for everyone, even you, who are listening to this at this moment. But so we need to come to this book with humility and preparedness. And so maybe at the start of this year, we we want to commit to being the right person when we come to hearing God's word to us. Sometimes we come to it rushed. And I know because I do the same. And I'll see the same thing in your eyes as you as you hustle into hustle into worship and as you come, you you flat out, you bring all sorts of things and, and your minds fall and 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 none of us big statement. Some of us haven't prepared to hear God's voice. Sometimes we come with cramming things into our busy life. You know, I'm challenged. I'm challenged that this is the start of a new year. Now, I'm, I'm recording this so that you can hear it on January the 1st. And so it's just about to be the start of the new year. But in what seems like a very short time, 2023 will be over. Like 2022 is now over. So let me encourage you. Actually, let me, let me be stronger than that. Let me challenge you. Let me lay down the gauntlet to you. Why don't you set aside some time in your week, preferably in your day, to engage with Luke and see what God is saying to you, to us and to the world? The promise is, if we are ready to listen, God is always ready to speak. And again, he will speak through the book of Luke in ways that will astound us. Even those of us who have been reading it for years, God will speak new things and bring new treasures from his storeroom to bless us and to bless the world in which we live. My friends, God's blessing upon you as you start this year, as you continue this year, as you walk through this year, may do so in the power of the Spirit, knowing our wonderful Saviour Jesus and relying on God our Father to help you every single day. Let me lead you in prayer. Jesus, we praise you and we thank you. We thank you for this wonderful book of Luke. We ask that as we ponder its great themes, salvation for all, salvation history, the work of the Spirit, everyone is included. We pray that we'll find our place in that. And that we'll not only hear it, but it will do something in our mind that will change our actions and change the people we are to the people to become the people we are becoming under you. Lord, we don't want to remain the same. We don't want to greet this new year the same as what we greeted the last year. So keep working in us. Keep moving in us. Keep changing us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.